Are you curious about the unknown, the unexplainable? Do you find yourself intrigued by the mysterious and paranormal side of our world? Join us on an adventure into the world of inexplicable discoveries and investigations that may someday give us a final answer as to what may be behind the veil of reality. Then it's time to turn your pods up because we're live to tape from the mountains of West Virginia. It's time once again for Let's Find Out with co-host Diego. The universe is waiting for you. <laughs> Everything in this universe has a beginning. The Big Bang. The formation of nebular matter into stars and planets. The first collections of amino acids in the Earth's oceans. The first creatures to leave them. The first mammals. The first primates that walked upright. The first religion. The first printing press. Pump up your space boots and phone home. It's time for Let's Find Out with co-host Diego. Unknown. Live to tape from the mountains of West Virginia. It's Let's Find Out with co-host Diego. Bigfoot, UFOs, Stargates, Let's Find Out. Paranormal, intelligent design, entertainment, Let's Find Out. You're listening to Let's Find Out with co-host Diego. Live to tape from the mountains of West Virginia. Welcome to another episode of Let's Find Out with co-host Diego. Thank you for taking this journey with me. On this episode of Let's Find Out, our guests should be no strangers to the listeners of the show. Whenever I have troubles of a paranormal nature, I send him a quick message. We've had several conversations about his paranormal research and para video debunking on both TikTok and YouTube. We will also get caught up with some of the latest information and paranormal hunting equipment out there today. Please welcome to Let's Find Out a good friend of mine. And uh, I always learn a great deal about the paranormal from my good friend, Nate Elwell. Nate, my friend, welcome to Let's Find Out. Welcome to the new show. Yeah, I'm glad to be on the new show, man. Every time we have a conversation, something funky happens, something weird goes on. I'm really looking forward to this. It's great to be back, and I appreciate you having me, as always. Oh, man, pleasure's all on this side of the table. And it's no lie when we tell... It is actually the third time we've had twice on the former show and the first time on this show where I believe, and then my cat's going to start his stuff. I'm sorry. <laughs> when when um, I had you, the, I don't know if it was the first or the second time. The second time, I believe you had an electronic child's toy somewhere in the room, and I believe it went off by itself talking. I, I can't uh, yes. remember that was uh, my my son's little cleaning broom that would uh, talk randomly and go, oh, let's sweep the floor. And the thing hadn't spoken in months. It's been sitting in here. We're sitting here doing the podcast, and all of, th- all of a sudden the thing starts talking. Yeah, and, you know, it, it is no surprise to you and I that that happened. And then Not at all. Something that happened also, I think it was the third time I had you on in the former show. It happened back in when I moved to the house back in August, September time. We'll get that into that later. So if you don't mind, let, let's start off with something because you have some pretty interesting news to share with the, um, well, a lot has changed since we've last been on. Oh yeah. And if you don't want, let's get started with the latest because you're going to the second season of your series coming up. 
I am. So I do a YouTube series called the Paranormal App Test. And basically what I do is I download apps from the paranormal, you know, from the Play Store, Google Play, Apple Store. I, I don't have an Android device until I got this laptop. So now I can start doing Android devices, too, which is going to be great. And uh, so basically I download these apps from the App Store and I test them out to see if they can legitimately be used as tools for an investigative process. I have found some that are absolutely astounding and it, they, they, they surprised me. And then I found other ones that just, no, recycle, garbage, garbage can, garbage can. And I've finished season one. I've got season two coming up. Uh, I got some great apps, some of them more well-known, some not well-known, because that's how I like to do things. Um, actually, the first episode I'll be filming this year is on the Echo Vox app. And that is probably one of the more mainstream popular ones right now. And that's probably going to be a two or three part episode because I try to keep my episodes about 40 minutes. I don't want to bore anyone. And listening to me talk is, let's face it, it's not all that entertaining from time to time. So whenever I'm doing this, you know, I try to keep it to 40 minute videos, but I plan on testing this app for five hours straight because I want to see what it's going to do. I'm not going to lie to you. Typically, I would never touch the app before I test it because I like for the audience watching to learn the app with me as I'm learning how to use it. But I have opened this one. I have messed around with it a little bit, so I'm slightly more familiar. And I'm also going to try a new filming technique because a few of the comments last year were saying, why can't we see what you're doing? Well, because you're watching a screen recording. That's why. So I'm now going to use my laptop to give a secondary focal point so you can see what I'm doing while I'm sitting there testing the applications. Hopefully it'll add a little bit more depth to the videos. So a second season upgrade, so to say. In a way, yes. And with the apps that you've been testing, and forgive me if I've asked you before, um, after you test these, de uh, not devices, but these apps, have you had any feedback or comments from the actual creators themselves? I have. As a matter of fact, um, I know we're going to touch on this later, but the book that I was writing, um, I actually contacted the, the creators of GhostTube, and they would not allow me to use their application in my book, unfortunately. Um, but yeah, actually, I'm the creator of the Ghost Hunter M2 app, Michael Weber. He watched my video. Me and him got to talking back and forth. He loved my review so much that he sent me a free copy of his Ghost Hunter M3 app wow. to test out for him for season two. And uh, no spoilers, but um, so far, how are we looking? I think it's good. I think it's looking good. Looking good? So far. Look at that. Dangle the carrot, man, because we got to get some people to watch it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm definitely going to. I'm actually planning on doing, um, I guess you could call them previews, where before I release a video about a week beforehand, I'm actually going to put out like a small little maybe, you know, 45 second preview of like small highlights. I'm not going to give away the big stuff, but like small little highlights. I'm going to try that to see if maybe I can reel in some more viewers. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm happy with the viewers that I have because you know what? I make the videos for fun anyways. If people watch them and they learn something, that's great. I make the videos for my own my own entertainment, my own education, but I want to educate other people while I'm doing it. Yeah, but, but you hit some milestones in that TikTok lately, when I recall. Oh, yeah. Somebody's watching your posts. And uh, if you could share that with uh, with the listeners of the show, because I think you, you've reached some pretty incredible numbers. Um. So... I've had people comment that they don't know why I don't have 100,000 or a million followers. I have 3,000 followers. To be honest with you, in, in the sea of TikTok, that's very, very few fish, to be honest. But all the comments that I have and pretty much anyone who watches my channel, they are repeat watchers. Like, they're repeat watchers. They share. Yeah, they watch. As soon as I release a new video, 
within 10 minutes of me releasing a new video, I've got like 30 comments. The people who do watch my content love my content. And it's not because I'm trying to per se attack these people who are releasing these videos because that's not what I'm doing. The, 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 the tongue tied there for a second. The point of the, the fact of the matter is this. People will sit there and tell you, well, why would someone go on TikTok and fake a paranormal video, right? You got a content creator with 275,000 followers. That's 275,000 reasons to fake a video. Wow. Never thought about it like that. I mean, I understand they want to keep having people click and because I think that's what they start monetizing you, right? Yep. Uh, they, they, I'm, I'm already monetized, but I don't make any money. I don't, I don't do live videos. I very rarely do live videos, and that's really how you make your money is doing live videos. I think I've made a whole 35 cents on TikTok, to be honest. Um, but people, they take my content the wrong way sometimes. They think I'm there, and I am an avid non-believer, just ripping apart everything that I see, which could be nothing further from the truth, as, you, as you're aware. I am a very firm believer, but I'm also a firm believer in facts. And what I see is what I see. And if I see something that's fake, you be rest assured, I'm going to call you out on it. And, and you should. Now, with, what is being, other than the, the technology you're using, are you using a different approach from season one to season two? Uh, yes and no. Uh, the reason I'm saying yes and no is because in season one, I only went to one off-site location. I went to Medfield State Hospital with my daughter, and we walked around for about six hours, and we made a four-part or five-part video out of that, actually. Um, this year, there's an old abandoned mill down the road that actually is called the Sibley Scythe Mill. It's been abandoned since the uh, 1980s, and a lot of the sides that were actually made there were used to clear the Panama Canal. Uh, through my history research, I have discovered that there was 17 deaths in that facility. So... The building's abandoned. It's free range of the public. Uh, police don't mind you being in there as long as you're not defacing anything. So I plan on going down there and maybe trying to test some apps at the facility. And would you be testing the uh, the brand new app there too, right? I think I'm going to give the Echo Vox a try. And I actually think I'm going to try this new YouTube uh, uh, Ghost Tube Vox. I don't know much about it. Um, I've seen a few videos with it. I I'm eh, on the fence on it. But I'm not a huge fan of the original Ghost Tube. So I, I don't want to approach it with bias, but at the same point, I feel like I already kind of know that I'm going to because I'm not a fan of the original app to begin with. Right, and, and with these apps, hit or miss, you know, some are successful, some of them are, are pure trash, of course. I remember when I first bought the first iPad ever made, I think it was 2009 or 10, I think it's the first one. They had one, I don't remember what it was called, but I, I couldn't in my mind think of how this works with um in the paranormal field i don't know where does it draw its signals from how does it capture it so with now the technology has advanced how does how does this work in order for an app to be successful or a device a machine what does it have to work with what does it do so that's actually a really really great great question and that gets into a lot of the different technical aspects of how the applications work so you, say you take your phone in your hand, right? You basically have a mini touchscreen computer, right? Right, yeah. So turn the screen on, touchscreen sensor, right? Someone designs an application based on touchscreen for the paranormal. A spirit touches the screen, it says a word. There's your first sensor point, right? Any given time, your phone has anywhere from I, I believe when I researched it for my book, the number was like uh, 
89 to 120, depending on the type of phone you have, sensors within your phone. You have your magnets for your speakers. You have all different kinds of things that spirits can manipulate. And plus, your phone puts off electromagnetic fields. A lot of people, in theory, say that ghosts are attracted to electromagnetic fields. So why wouldn't it be plausible for a spirit to manipulate the sensors within your device to actually physically alter things coming on the screen of your device, similar as to they would with, say, a K2 meter, or how they would with, say, a REM pod or a geophone or an obelisk, right? So all of those contain sensors. Your phone does, too. So if a spirit can manipulate sensors in those devices, in theory, they should be able to manipulate the sensors within your phone to give actual responses or some kind of effect to let you know they're trying to communicate. And it's remarkable technology because I I believe as of oh, back in the 80s, 70s, and 60s, a whole different technology was being used from cassette tapes to, um, I think, dousing rods, perhaps, or the, the pendulum. Um, Let me tell you, you can never go wrong with a set of dowsing rods. Is that right? It is old school, but they work. And with that, if, if you don't mind, um, how does the um, how does that work? So in theory, you're holding the dowsing rods. And if you have proper dowsing rods, they actually have handles that have a little bit of movement within the actual rods themselves. So you can position them where you want them, but they can move easily and fluidly, right? So dowsing rods were originally used to find water. That's how you would find water. You go over the water, the water source flowing underneath it for some reason would make the rods cross. So dowsing rods have been proven that if you hold them out in a spiritually active location, you ask questions, uh, cross them for yes, make them spread for no, and literally they will respond. Like I, I have used a few sets. I don't personally own a set, oddly. Um, now that I think about it, I need to get a set. I don't personally own one, but I have used a few sets. And let me tell you, I was amazed with the results. Now, with those, can you make your own or do you have to buy, uh, purchase that? You could be, if you know what you're doing, you can make your own. I mean, I work at a bridge fabrication shop. I'm relatively sure I can find something to make some dowsing rods out of. But um, typically, they do work better with copper. Copper, because it's a conduit, right? Right. So typically, if you buy dowsing rods, you don't want them to be stainless steel. You want you want to try and get a set of copper dowsing rods. That, that's what I would recommend. And now, for, for a, a person to do a proper investigation... Um, with a mix of old school and new school and basically your um, enhanced knowledge or basically how you've had this experience your whole life. So you personally, what do you take with you? I know we talked about it in the past, but now as things have changed um, as, as you're. Um, so I, I take a yeah. lot of different things with me, but the thing is, is you have a lot of teams out there, right? They roll into a location thinking they're going to be the next Zach Bagans. They've got, mounds and mounds and mounds of equipment that realistically they're never going to ever touch and if they do touch it the chances are it's not going to work the best thing for anyone to do and this is my personal recommendation y'all can do whatever y'all like i'm not telling any other team out there that's watching this show what to do you guys do things how you're comfortable doing them i am comfortable with the old school voice recorder 35 millimeter camera digital camera ir cameras K2 meter, believe it or not, not my preferred EMF device. A lot of people love them. I don't. I like the Dr. Gauss, but that's just my opinion, of course. Dr. Gauss has a two-axis meter. This has a one-axis meter. So what this can do is limited. But stick to the basics. So, yeah, absolutely, because nothing beats the basics and your personal knowledge of where it is that you're going with 
speaking of that, because we're talking about the devices, we talked about earlier about your upcoming book and how you've talked about your methods. Um, I know the book, it's already written, right? The book is completed. I've actually got a first printed copy. It's not through a publisher or anything. I'm having issues finding a publisher. The, the, like we discussed this the other day via messages. And the unfortunate aspect is if you are a self-publishing artist or whatever, it can get expensive, right? Yes. If you don't have an agent, it's very difficult to get a book company to even consider your book. So that's where my drawback is coming because the book is complete. I've got the title page. I've got the title art. The book is done. I just need to find a publisher. Once I can find a publisher, then I can iron out the details. I was hoping that the book would actually be being released mid this year. And it turns out it's probably not going to be till about mid next year if I find a publisher soon enough. And that's fine because, you know, you really want to make sure you make the right choice to the right publisher. Um, I've seen a lot of people get these books published, but they're basically, I'm not say penniless, but they got nothing from these publishers. Right. And that's the main thing, you know, is, and, and that is the plus side to self-publishing is you are going to make a little bit more money. Downside is when you go through an actual publisher, they do all the legwork for you. You know, they, they do the publishing, they do, you know, all of your advertising and stuff like that. You don't have to do any of that yourself, but I'm kind of like a firm believer in if the book is good, you don't need advertising. Word of mouth is going to sell it. Yeah. I suppose most things, you know, same thing with podcasts and your videos on TikTok or YouTube or anything like that. If it's good, honest work that people will know fake from a real. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They didn't have advertising such as commercials and stuff back when yeah. uh, Huckleberry Finn was written, but everyone knows the book. And no, hundred percent true. And in discussion with the book, if you don't mind not to give anything away. So I know that you cover a lot of things. So what are, give us a, a couple of little um, bits of information. So, there. The book itself, when it comes out, is going to be called Downloading for the Dead, Investigating Paranormal Applications. It is basically a behind-the-scenes look at my testing, the results that I've gotten, um, and different things that I found interesting that I didn't have time to point out in the actual YouTube video. As well as I talk about some bloopers that never happened in the YouTube video, like the time I fell down the basement stairs when I was going to test the Iopolis down in my basement. That was that was fun. And... Uh, you know, I go over the M2 app, which I discussed earlier, the Michael Weber, you know, the guy he reviewed it, sent me a new copy of his new app to test in season two, which I'm really looking forward to because that was by far one of my favorite applications I've ever tested. And I go over, um, let's see, some Ouija board apps. I, I do talk about some of those. And let me tell you, just stay away from all of them. Um, I've got a few of those coming out in season two as well. And I'm not looking forward to it. I'll tell you right now, like, I'm already kind of throwing up in my mouth just thinking about doing these videos. Well, it'll be the same advice whether it's an app or the actual tablet itself. Absolutely. Interesting. You know, I'm not a fan of those either. Yeah, so I I own three of them. I've never used them. Um, I have two that I've received from clients that they believe were haunted. They stay out in my storage shed. They don't come in the house. I've got one in the attic that's still in the cellophane, so I'm not too concerned about it. I, I believe that... They're not inherently evil. I believe that anything that attaches to a person through using a Ouija board is based off of the energy they're putting out while using it. I don't think they're evil all in their own. I know that that's a whole different conversation for another time, obviously. But yeah, so I mean, I go over a lot of different applications. It's very difficult for me to sit here and pinpoint one major thing about the book. Um, I can tell you 
one thing about the book that you learn within the very first chapter, the introduction, is the whole reason I started the app test channel to begin with was my daughter. Because I was being biased. I was talking to her about throwing out ideas for my YouTube channel, what I wanted to do next, blah, blah, blah. And she said, well, why don't you test paranormal applications, Dad? I, I literally looked at her and said, Danny, you know those things don't work. They're absolutely horrible. I am not going to do that. And she looked at me and she said, well, as a paranormal investigator, you're being very biased and not open-minded right now, are you? Boom. Shamed wow. me. Shamed me. And that's, I was like, all right, let's do it. And that's how it started. And here we are, man. You're probably, you know, I'm not being biased, but I think out of the many people I've met, not just through this show, but in personal life or shows I've seen on television, I don't think it get any more, I'm going to use the word grassroots in you because it's, you're getting your hands dirty doing this. You're not doing it through hearsay or you've heard through a friend of a friend. This is happening in real life 365. Right. And a lot of people don't realize, you know, a word of advice from most investigators out there will be never investigate your own location. Never investigate where you live. All of my app tests are done in my house. No, I'm curious as to why would they give that kind of advice? Because you're opening gateways. If you don't know how to properly clo close the gateway after communication, it leaves room for a spirit to stick around, so to speak. And that spirit may not necessarily be the friendliest. You don't know what to attract into your house whenever you do these. This is why a lot of investigators would tell you never investigate your own house. My key to being able to do this and not really feeling the adverse after effects is I always ground and center before I do an, before I do an, an app test. It's basically where... I take a shower, I envision myself dirty, ball of light comes down, washes my body clean, washes all the negative off before I ever start the test. I feel like it removes the negative energy. Second, I set ground rules. I make it perfectly clear at the beginning of every app test, and if you've ever watched any of my YouTube app tests, you'll hear it. I clearly say I'm only speaking to spirits that reside in this house. Any outside forces, you are not allowed to enter to speak to me. I am only talking to these people. And then I close the doorway at the end. I, I make sure that they know I'm closing the line of communication. Thank you for talking. Go back to where you came from. You, you don't need to stick around. So you can do things to protect yourself. But if you don't know what you're doing, it really can lead to an adverse effect within your own home. Well, has there been a time, touching on what you just said, has there been a time where maybe one did not cooperate as you wished? Um, I've been threatened. Through the app test, I've actually been threatened before. Um, we had a spirit, me and my daughter actually had a spirit threatened to hit us with a hammer. And uh, it was really funny that that happened because literally on the TV stand right across the room from us, there's a hammer sitting up there. So nothing actually happened. Like the hammer didn't move or anything. I tried to get it to move. But realistically, no. I mean, th through, through my process, I have never had too much adverse happen here. Now, is that would be something... Not only when you investigate in your own home, but when you go to locations, let's say somebody else's home, you yep. take the same tactics. Absolutely. Absolutely. You protect your team. You're there to help the family, but to protect your team first and foremost, because whatever the family is dealing with doesn't need to come home with you. And I'm not trying to sound selfish when I say that, because, you know, you're there to help the family. But it doesn't help anybody if it follows you home. No, it does not. Now, I think in my opinion, my understanding that these are, in a sense, 
families that are going through these things, and we talk about going to other people's homes. I know I'm jumping around a lot, but You're good. When, you, when you speak, sometimes these things open in my mind. And that's why I like talking to you because yeah. you, know, you never know where the conversation is going to go. No, and that's the beauty of doing a, a show like this with you. It's in my opinion, and I feel the same way when people are are experiencers in, in the UFO community or who've been abducted, where I think in the old times, there used to be called these things called generational curses, where it just does it from the start of your lineage to your end, to your kids, to your grandkids. Something yep. sticks for some reason. I feel the same way in the UFO, the extraterrestrial way, where they're constantly studying your bloodline. Oh, absolutely. And I, I firmly believe in, in generational curses. And you being a wrestling fan would know the Von Erich curse. Right. You know, that that is a very well-known one. Uh, the Kennedy curse. Um, let's see. There's multiple out there that just bad things happen to these families. And no one knows why. I think there's only, what, one living Von Erich left? Uh, him and a couple of his kids are not wrestlers, yeah. Okay, yeah. So, so there's one of the original left, though. Correct. Yeah, see, and that, and that, and there was like, I think six or seven of them, roughly. There was a good, yeah, I believe so, yeah. And then I watched it was, a lot of wrestling back in my day. If you didn't know that, so, no, and, and and it was not a, a very great story. It's, there's no happy ending there. No, it's a very dark story, and you know that curse followed their family for forever, for for the most part. And then you got the Kennedy curses. You know, you had JFK, you had his brother, and then you know it it just goes on and on. So my question will be, what brings on a generational curse? What causes it? Because that's really curious to me. And you're 100% right. When it comes into UFO phenomena, right, there are certain families who will tell you that the mother was abducted, the father was abducted, the children, when they hit a certain age, typically around 19 to 20, were abducted. It follows the family lineage. Now, is that... I guess I want to say in a way, a plausible form of uh, familial mass hysteria could be, but uh, you know, there's too much to it. There's too many details sometimes. And sometimes the more details, the less I tend to believe, but there are certain, I think you'll experience an experienced person such as yourself. You'll know the key words that, you know, okay. I think we're onto something with this person's story. Yeah, and you can you can absolutely tell there's a lot you can tell, or believe it or not, a lot of what we do when we're interviewing people, we're in a way profiling that person. We're interviewing them. We're watching for eye contact. We're watching for body language. We're watching for them to be fidgeting because if they're fidgeting, either one of two things: they're lying or they're nervous. And if they're nervous, you could typically tell because their eyes, they're not going to maintain that eye contact because in a way, in their head, they're ashamed to be even telling the story because they don't believe anyone's going to believe it. So a lot of it's body language. And if you can sit down and you can talk to someone face to face and be able to pay attention to everything going on with their body while you're talking to them, you will be able to tell whether or not that their story is credible. No, I absolutely believe what you're saying. We... um I've met a lot of people in my life long before I even started on this journey where very credible stories, especially people in, in my family. And the reason I say that's because it's affected me. It's affected relationships in my past. And now, you know, bonus, I'm bringing this up because, you know, this was coming. We're going to talk about it where if you recall 
back in, I'm going to say August, September, October last year, when I first moved into this new home here, where there was an awful lot of activity going on in this house. I've had it where, and unfortunately those episodes are lost, but I'll go over the store real quick where there was a night where the door in my room was opened and closed, which I saw with my own eyes. And I heard a voice, okay, get up, we're going to be late. In my wife's voice. Right. I get up right away. Boom. I start brushing my teeth. I say, holy crap, I'm going to be late to work. I'm looking at the clock. So it's like 1.12 in the morning. I was like, oh, my goodness. You know, I've experienced things like that. Go back to bed. I wake up the next day. I ask the wife, hey, uh, so why are you waking me up at 1 in the morning? I didn't. She did not. She goes, well, it was, it was your voice. This is not the first time I've heard her voice here where she's not here. Or seen a vision of her, and then, but she's not there. Right. And, and that that's a mimicking spirit is what that is. Right. And that's the first time I've had a mimicking spirit vocally like that. At least this part of my adult life, I've had different experiences before. And then we're talking about the um, the impressions of somebody in the corner of my bed sitting there peering over me. I'm just gonna and pull, I know they're there. I'm going to pour myself and, a drink. I'm not going to interrupt you. Go ahead. Continue. I'm listening. Oh, no, you're fine. I got my 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 drink right here. And then um. I'm seeing the actual indentation of if somebody's behind was sitting on my bed in the corner and I feel the weight shift and I know they're peering over me. Not much I can do. Right. You know, I just roll over and try to go to sleep. You know, of course I'm a little scared. This goes on, on. There's so much more. I started journaling, as you said, but almost immediately after I stopped journaling, guess what? It stops. So let and me was, tell you, or let uh, me ask you, I know you're normally the one firing questions at me. Let me fire one at you. Yeah. So when you were doing your journaling, right, did you notice any trends within what you were writing? Um, I, The only trend I noticed that after a while it seemed to be more less frequent. And then, but a lot of these things were happening later in the night, which I know, it, I know it's kind of passe because nighttime, but you can have it anytime during the day. But it right. seems to be always about that time. So uh, the theory about this that I have is it happens more at night because you're more relaxed. You're trying to sleep. You notice it more at night when you're during the day, you're busy doing everything. You're not really paying attention to what's going on around you. You're not focusing on your surroundings. You're focusing on what you're doing in the task at hand. You're laying down to go to bed. You're focusing on trying to go to sleep. And now all this crap is happening. And you're like, why is it always happening at night? Good chance is it's not. It's happening around you at all times. So my thought here would be you started journaling, right? Right. And you notice the trend of stuff kind of de-escalating, mm-hmm. right? You moved into the house, stuff was really wild going on. Since you've lived there longer, it's calming down. My thought here would be the spirits or spirit that reside in your house, they're accepting you into their house. They're allowing you to live there in peace now or to an extent because they're getting used to you being there. They see you mean them no harm. They see that you mean their location, their house, their home. You mean it no harm. So maybe they're calming down a little bit because they're like, hey, you know what? These people are all right. Maybe we can just kind of coexist. No, and interesting you say that. And I'll give a, a prequel, a backstory. When we were buying this house and we were getting ready to go to closing, um, the couple that lived here before, unfortunately, were getting divorced, right? No, that sucks. And it, it's, it was a rough time for the individual. So the wife got stuck with the whole paperwork and the guy just went out and hit, hit the brakes out of town. Right. 
when we were at closing, we we're asking information about this house. You know, is this working? How's it looking? Visibly, this woman was very nervous, almost to the point to where I put my hat back on. Oh, I got so I got my hat on. <laughs> that was bright. <laughs> she was so nervous. It was kind of like I'm asking her questions. She's fidgeting. Like, yeah, yeah, everything's fine. Everything's fine. We signed everything. It almost when I look back now, it's almost like she's so happy to get rid of this home, regardless so, of whatever the divorce was or whatever they're doing. It's just so kind of yeah. Kind of touching back on what I was saying earlier about how, in a way, when we're interviewing people, we're profiling their body language. In a way, when you were signing these documents and you were staring right at her, in a way, you just profiled her body language. And it should have kind of, in a way, made you be like, hey, you know, something's off about this. And it was. And ever since then, this house has been like, a, I'm not going to say a money pit, but everyone at first, it was just, everything was everything was failing. Boom, 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 boom. Now. After the journaling, and we had our last conversation where you saw the vision of your mind of a coin, and and damn it, if you weren't nailed it, and that's when I said, you know, I'm not saying it. It got super real. I said, I got to breathe. Well, you know, we'll take this conversation next time I see you. Yep. It happened again two weeks ago with a coin. No big deal. It's just like I took a picture. I sent it to you. Um, now, before that time. And I know this is a show, but actually, I'm glad you're interviewing me. This is good for the soul. <laughs> that long. Well, just wait till I start my own podcast next month. It's going to be awesome. I, I didn't tell you about that part. I was going to save that for last. No, no. We're going to talk about that. So I'll wrap up the story real quick. So now this this whatever or whoever is here, one evening as we come home from work, now this thing is has some sort of a grudge against the wife. Where it first happened was I was sitting in the living room and I see she's in the kitchen and she's walking away from the refrigerator. I hear her scream. I see this object fly from the top of the refrigerator to the wall like it was aiming towards her head. And there's this is a pretty sizable object that was on top of the refrigerator. And it wasn't because she closed the door and it hopped. It was a straight towards her head it hit and it fell on the ground right so i saw it yeah it wasn't like the door closed and the vibration caused it to tip and fall i wish that's were the case because it was almost like it someone just shoot it off the refrigerator but it was so fast i saw it hit the wall you know missed her head because she ducked and it hit the ground Thank goodness now, the, yeah absolutely and um it would have messed it up pretty good um there's been times where we come home from work or from going out where this thing is taking her jewelry from her jewelry boxes and just throwing her jewelry on the floor. Interesting. And I've never seen that before. And then she's having her times where she feels things are happening. Not everything's paranormal, but everything is not paranormal. So I think she's been very good about the whole thing about determining what is just a house creaking or. Which, but, which that's, that's a great starting yeah. point. And so the thing is now that it's accepting of me, I guess it's having a hard time accepting her. And, and you know what? And that could be plausible. Um, I know you said that it mimicked her voice to begin with. Right. Which would tell me mimicking, it could be plausibly female, but it, then again, it could be a male just mimicking the voice. You really honestly don't know. So if it's accepting of you and being negative towards her, 
has she tried in a way standing her ground? Has she tried taking the house back? I think there's a few times where she's told me that whatever she said that she doesn't want any of it, just to leave her alone. But I don't know where it's happened lately, but I know that every once in a while she says, please tell your friends to stop. And I was like, jokingly, I said, what's wrong? Well, here's what they did. Here's what happened. So, so my thought there would be if they are now quote unquote picking on her per se, they're doing it because they know they can. They're doing it because they know they get a ruse. Right. Not saying they're a negative spirit. They could be a jokester. Jokesters are not necessarily evil spirits. They just like to play pranks that seem as though they're harmful, but normally they're not. Now, throwing something off the top of the fridge at her head, yeah, that's questionably harmful. I'm not going to even deny that. But the other stuff, like the throwing the jewelry on the floor and whatnot, that, that would speak more to me as more of a playful spirit. But sometimes what you have to do is if a spirit transitions to one person in the household to another, that means that person is a little bit more susceptible and the spirit knows it. So the spirit's going to pick on that person. Maybe that, maybe that spirit is realizing, Hey, it doesn't bother Diego that much, but I wonder how much it's going to bother her. And when they realize that it did, that's where their focal point's going to be. So my recommendation there, and obviously this is on you guys. This is what you guys do, right? My recommendation would be take the house back, stand in the center point of the house, Talk to the spirit. Tell them, hey, look, I don't like what you're doing. It makes me uncomfortable, to be honest. I would like for you to stop. Please stop messing with me. We can coexist, but if you cannot coexist, then you need to leave because this is our house. It's no longer yours. Yeah, we get to stay in our ground. That point. Sometimes, sometimes that empowerment is enough to get rid of them. Well, I mean, I think that something we're definitely going to have to start doing here very soon. And I'll, I'll lighten it up a little bit because it's it's kind of funny. But if if you giggle around her, she will knock your lights out. No, so, well, I'll keep that in mind. Yeah. So here's the thing. When we go outside and do yard work or go do something, I leave the door unlocked because I'm going to be a dad the whole time. Never an issue. If I'm not home, when she goes outside, does not lock the door. The door locks itself. That points right back at what I was saying. I, I've I, never I, seen such a thing. I tell you, nine, ten years ago, maybe ten, I had a case that had that happen where the, the male of the house could go outside, no issues. But as soon as the female went out of the house, the door would lock behind her. And if I recall correctly, it was really a really strange investigation because I remember going there all night. I was there from 9 p.m. to I want to say it was 7 a.m. Caught nothing. Not one EVP the whole night. But as soon as this guy called me on the phone the next day, I could hear a male's voice screaming through the phone that wasn't his. And I asked him, who, who is screaming in the background? Could you tell them to stop? Because I can't hear what in the hell you're saying. And he said, Nate, I'm the only one home. Well, something was screaming into the phone. But what we ended up doing was I ended up going back just as a precaution. I didn't catch anything, but that doesn't mean that their claims are invalid. So to make them feel better, 
I went back. We blessed the house. And it took about a week and a half. And I think I did three blessings. Nothing major. Just, you know, walk through, anointed the walls, blah, blah, blah. You know, the typical thing that priests would do or say even a uh, Baptist minister. They come through, they bless above your doorways with anointed oils and stuff, and they say a prayer and all that good stuff. And, you know, took about three times and the activity stopped. Wow. So I'm glad this is not the only house that's happened to it. So, you know, what we did to resolve that, we did, we did, uh, bought extra keys. And when she leaves the house, she keeps one in her pocket so she doesn't get locked out. But, it was almost every time she went out, it was always like it was just lock itself. Uh, not the deadbolt, but the bottom. Yeah, it's, it's never the deadbolt. It's always the bottom lock. Okay. And very rarely, I don't think in my 16 years I've ever encountered the deadbolt locking behind someone. It's always the bottom lock. Yeah, and um, you know, that was a fun trip to Home Depot. <laughs> but be that as it may. So, no, I, no, I appreciate you bringing up these questions, talking to me, because I feel a lot better about it. I think she'll feel a lot better once I tell her. No, and absolutely. Then... And, and you know what? I don't know if she does social media or not, but if anything ever happens that freaks her out, I mean, you know me, dude. She's more than welcome to reach out and ask me any questions, and I'll gladly answer. No, I appreciate that. You know, much love to you for doing that, because I know that there's times where we don't speak for a long time, but, you know, I text you, then you get back to me. It's like, everything's good. Here's what's happening. So I really appreciate what you do. I love and, uh, what I do, man. That's what I do. Yes, sir. And then speaking of what you do now, you hit me with a little gem of a podcast coming up. You're going to save it towards the end, but we got a lot more show to go. We do. We do. So you know what? I'll just go ahead and say it now. Um, I got offered an opportunity to head a podcast starting next month. Um, we're deciding on what day it's going to be on. We're not sure if we want to do it on Thursday or if we want to do it on Sunday. Neither day really works for me with a nine o'clock time slot because I go to work at five in the morning. But I kind of think it's an opportunity and I don't. I think it would be stupid to pass up. And the only reason we're looking at those two days and I don't want to do Thursday because I have a friend of mine who I highly respect, Adam Began. He does the Historically Haunted podcast every Thursday and I don't want to interrupt his time slot. And that's just out of mutual respect. So you, are you doing you're doing this live or are you pre-recording like I do it? I think that the setup right now is going to be a live podcast. All right. I mean, no, I, would the, yeah. I would prefer pre-recorded because in a live podcast, you kind of have to watch what you say on a pre-recorded podcast. You can be like, oh, you can say whatever you want. Don't worry. I'll just edit that shit out later. Right. It's one of those things. Why do you pre-record it? Not because I'm trying to um, hide the stuff when I mess up during the shows, but the more and more I get involved with these types of subjects and so far since we've been on, I don't knock on wood. Nothing's happened other than my screensaver keeps going on every two minutes for some reason. I have to say though, I like that background. Oh, thank you. My brother drew that. He's the that best. Is, that is that is absolutely awesome. I might have yeah. to have him design my big tap, my big foot tattoo. I'm going to, I'm going to let him. You said that he'll, he'll love to see if I move to the, uh, this direction. The listeners won't see it. That's awesome. cartoon me. But That's no, he awesome. made it. Yeah, I'd say, hey, I gave him the vision. He goes, I got you, brother. He made That's it. That's awesome. Love, him. Love it. And uh, so great with the podcast. So is there, unless I missed it from my lack of paying attention, is there a, a name to the podcast? And who will you be doing it with? I have not named it yet. And as of right now, I will be doing it solo. It will be my first attempt at a solo podcast. 
Um, I have co-hosted a few podcasts in the past, and yes, it's, it's not per se difficult. It's so my podcast. I have plans on it being a little bit different because, well, I'm a little bit different. So my plan is to bring on these people in the paranormal that claim they are investigators, and I'm a grill. It's going to be like a straightforward, I'm going to grill you because I want to know your knowledge. It's not trying to prove them wrong. It's not calling them out. It's not trying to make them look bad. But I want to show people how many uneducated people there are out there doing this that can cause harm to the community. You opened that can of worms. I believe what you just said in the second part of it is correct because the wrong kind of vice can be deadly to somebody. It absolutely can. The wrong kind of advice can have extreme adverse effects. And you have so many people out there that are like, oh, I've been investigating the paranormal for 10 years. Why? Because you read three books and you've watched TV shows for nine years? Okay, yeah. Okay. No, you're right. I'm trying not to spit out my wine, but you're right because I was about to laugh. <laughs> because but that's what I come across. And I'm not talking about the guests I've had on, but when I go see the conventions or this and that, I see a lot of that. And it's really weird, you know. I have never been invited to be in a convention. Well, I just go. I've never been invited either. Well, I mean, like I've never yeah. been invited to be a guest speaker or anything. Mm. It's very weird to me because, as you can see on my wall, I've been countless podcasts. But maybe it's my mentality. Maybe it's my I don't like the BS mentality. I don't know. Well, I don't think it's the delivery. I think it's the. Um, I don't think I'm going to be able to get away with bullshit meter that you have going on plausible plausible i'm just throwing it out there but it's you know but i do have um as of right now i've got three guests lined up and i'll make a specialty show for you i'm not going to bring you on and call you out for bullshit or whatever because i think everything you tell me is legitimate ours will be just a conversation and just talking like we're doing now because i i just enjoy talking to you i think our podcast always go great oh, i believe so too is what i and it oh, and I think it surprises a lot of the guests that I have because I sometimes they're very hesitant to answer an email or a request. So you think I'm going to get grilled in this show, or this guy's a phony and a fake, or he's going to make fun of me. I'm not like case for instance. There was a, a gentleman who's very well respected in the Bigfoot community. He was invited to go on a radio show in the morning. Now, if he was a personal friend of mine, I would tell him don't do it. Because you know what you're going to get yourself into. All they basically did is ridicule the man. But the man has decades of knowledge. And he's actually one of those that goes out there in the woods and does and actually does work. And actually does what they call squatching. Right, right. He's he's not a, he's not, he's not what I like to call back in the wrestling days a carny. Watching. Or, there you go. See, I got mine on here. You read that? And I see it. Bigfoot is real. <laughs> he tried to eat my ace. <laughs> I see that. <laughs> but, um, Believe it or not, my daughter got me for this. Well, you know what? She she understands your humor. That's she beautiful. Does. But, uh, but, but, you know, that's not an easy thing to do either. Let me tell you, it's just like ghost hunting. You know, you go out there and you sit in the woods for God knows how long and nothing really happens. Well, that's part of this. No, no different than when a cop goes on a stakeout and sits there for 12-hour shifts waiting for some guy to do something. He could be doing it for two weeks. You're 100% right. And you know, and I'm kind of glad you brought up the Bigfoot thing. 
because I'm going to tell you, you know, straight out my opinion on, on this. And I might ruffle a few feathers here, but I've never been one to really give up. So people who call themselves paranormal investigators, right? I call myself a paranormal investigator. Why? Because I investigate all aspects of the paranormal. I investigate ghosts. I investigate cryptids. I investigate UFOs. I investigate spontaneous human combustion. That's technically a form of the paranormal. I investigate all of these things. If you just investigate ghosts, stop calling yourself a paranormal investigator. You're a ghost hunter. If you just investigate cryptids, you're a cryptozoologist. You're not a paranormal investigator. If you investigate UFOs only, you're a ufologist. You're not a paranormal investigator. Please stop fooling yourself and stop trying to convince others that there's something that you're not. Right. It's almost being similar to an MMA fighter. A lot of MMA fighters have different disciplines. Either you're going to be a karate man, be a karate man. You'll be a wrestler, be a wrestler. You're going to be an MMA fighter. You got to know all the disciplines. Thank you. And then, you know, and I, I kind of got a little bit heated with that. I only tell I got a little bit out of breath because, you know, that really works my nerves. I, I I can see, it, 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 it's falsifying what you are. And I can see that because it, unfortunately, the end product of that is speaking of the gentleman I was talking to before, who was an actual, we say the word squatcher. It kind of hurts the, the, the honest work that a person like yourself and he does and others that I know where they can bring all the evidence they can in the world and nobody's going to believe them. It does. And you know, speaking of that, I would love for you to put me in contact with that squatcher. Cause I've got a few stories about my own Bigfoot experiences. I'd like to talk with him about. Oh no, I'll definitely do that. And uh, you know that um, I'll always share with you and then it only helps, helps you. It helps me, you know, what I tell a lot of people is this show is very selfish. I call it let's find out. It's mostly for me because I want to find out what's going on. I'm right. not and an I, expert. I love that. And uh, I, I, I'm always I open. The title. I love the new platform. Thank I mean, you. dude, I think you're doing a great thing here. And I, for one, I will share the hell out of your shit. You don't have to worry about that. You have earned a friend in me in a lifetime. You ask me, I'll make it work. We'll be here. That's why we're brothers, man. I appreciate you. And it's, um, you definitely bring a whole different level to the program so so you I know, and, you're not, and you're not the first you person on. to say that either so i mean i take that as a huge compliment don't get it twisted but like ghost bros you know ghost bros great people oh those are my boys great dudes i've been on their podcast um i'm scheduled to go back on their podcast very soon i don't remember the exact date um i think it's actually i think it's next week to discuss you uh, to wow. discuss ufos not necessarily yeah, my, yeah, they're from they're from that area too because they just had like we talked about I think before we started the, the UFO sighting in in Middletown Ohio yeah. that just happened. And, and I think I'm gonna send you that link so you can take a look at it. It's not my area of expertise, but I know enough about it that I'm, I'm comfortable enough going on and talking about it without making myself look like a complete idiot. So no, no, you're not. I mean, and talk about the Ghost Bros. What amazing work those guys are doing. Oh, I love them. Like, dude, I love their content. Their content is amazing. Um, anytime that they have something going on, and believe it or not, this is legitimate truth. Just like, you know, you told me, anytime you have something happen, you shoot me a message. They have sent me so much of the stuff that they've caught and said, Nate, want your opinion. What do you think about this? You know, that makes me feel like what I'm doing in the paranormal community, it, it, it's making a difference. You know, it's, it's showing that people appreciate and respect what I do. And I don't do it for fame. I don't do it for money. That's not why I do it. But having the respect of my peers from that community, that that means the world to me. And to know that they reach out to me like that, I mean, I 
I absolutely utmost respect to those guys. And, you know, you earned it because, you know, the old term real recognizes real. Absolutely. And those dudes, they, they don't BS you. No, and uh, I was happy to have them on earlier in the, in the new format. And, man, what a what a story they have. They have been to some amazing locations. They have been to places in their short time of investigating that have been on my bucket list for 10 years. My thing is finances. Financially, I just, I can't do it. No, I get it. That's why I'm where I'm at right now. And eventually, I do need to get off my lazy ass and go out there and start doing the real hard work. But, you know, I bring the knowledge here just with your knowledge. And speaking of your knowledge, and I know we're talking about... If you ever come to the New Hampshire area, you let me know. We're scheduled something up. I'll take you out there. You should get some firsthand knowledge. Man, I might be past... I don't know. I'm actually... I'm going to Boston not too long. Sometime next month. That's an hour and a half away from me. All right, we'll talk after the show. Maybe but, we uh, can maybe we can meet up and um, I'll bring some of my equipment out to uh, Medfield State, Medfield State Hospital. The place, one of the, my favorite places to go, is only about twenty five minutes from Boston. Hey, hey, you don't have to threaten me with a good time. And I think you would love the place. I'll talk to the caretaker. I'll see if he let us go in the church, maybe tour the morgue. Um, me and the caretaker are pretty good friends, so I'll see what I can work out. Awesome. If my wife lets me go out there and uh, he's more than welcome take off. to come too. Oh, we need to bring her. You know. We're going for this wedding, so we'll see. We'll see. But um, before we go, I know that we um we covered a lot. We covered about season two coming out. We cover your book. We got a lot of podcasts new, coming. We have out. a lot of new TikToks coming out. All that good stuff. So anyone who follows me on TikTok, don't worry. I've got new content coming. I've been having a lot of personal issues going on at home, but I've got I've got like I think right now eighteen new breakdowns in the works. So they're coming. Just patient. Can you? I don't want to give anything away. I, ha- I hate being that guy. Give a little teaser or, or dangle the carrot and let us know what, what to expect because Absolutely. it sounds exciting. Absolutely. I, I can give you a little bit of a, a dangling carrot, I guess you could say. Awesome. Um, as of right now, I've got six ghost videos I'm going to break down. I've got two imploding cars. That is it really paranormal? I don't know, but it looked fun to break down. I'm just going to be honest. So two imploding cars. I've got several Bigfoot videos I'm breaking down. And I've also got a few new cryptid sightings that I'm breaking down. Oh, nice. So really looking forward to it. No, I'm I'm looking forward to it. And I, you know, I talked to a gentleman and I didn't, and this is me because I'm learning stuff. In your area in the East Coast, I was amazed by how much stuff is actually going on there, especially oh, yeah. with cryptids. Absolutely. Um, down in um, Massachusetts, you go, you find the Bridgewater Triangle. Uh, the Bridgewater Triangle has everything from ghost sightings to UFOs to the Pukwudgie. The Pukwudgie is a miniature Native American spirit that carries little tiny poisonous spears. And a lot of people don't know this, but you, uh, everyone knows about the Lizzie Borden murders, you know? Yes. Did you know that the Lizzie Borden murder wasn't the first murder committed on that property? Her aunt, 20 years prior, actually drowned her three kids before Lizzie ever killed her father and mother with that axe. So if you go there, the corner, the bottom right corner of the Bridgewater Triangle falls in Fall River, Massachusetts. The Lizzie Borden house is in Fall River, Massachusetts. And interesting because I've heard about this from about the Lizzie Borden murder. Was a mom and dad and mom and stepdad. Mom mom and dad. Lizzie Borden mom took an axe, gave her mother 40 wax. When she saw what she had done, she gave her father 41. But no one's ever said anything about the triangle. 
No. And so it, I'm just now finding this out now. It's embarrassing for me, but. No, you're good. Go. Um, it's, it's a very overlooked known location in Massachusetts. I'm going to be honest with you. It's a, it, I'll send you a schematic of the actual triangle itself and all of the things that are listed within the triangle. I mean, dude, you have everything from the puck wedgie to ghosts to Bigfoot to mysterious disappearances. Uh, you have the Freetown State Forest where in 1979 there was a satanic cult who held two people captive and decapitated them as a sacrifice to Satan. I mean, yeah, it's pretty wild stuff. And that's actually kind of common, especially south of the border with the cartels. Yeah, it's wild stuff. And if you've never heard of it, man, it's something you really need to sink your teeth into because considering the show that you're doing now, I think you would find this place absolutely fascinating. You know, I wouldn't even mind recording something there just as we're doing it. It'd be wild, man. So before we go for the listeners of uh, of Let's Find Out, and I know you mentioned TikTok. Where else can they find out more about what it is that you do? I know you have TikTok, you have your YouTube, you yep. have your Facebook. So let's, uh, let's talk about yeah, it. Yeah, so you can find me on TikTok at Static Voices. You can find me on YouTube at Nate Elwell. Or you can use the handle at Static Voices. That's typically my handle. Um, I use Static Voices because EVP recordings are voices within the static. So kind of just makes sense, right? You can find me on Facebook. You can find me on Instagram. You can find me on Twitter at Paranormal Nate. Um, I am all over the place. That you are, man. You're doing amazing work. And then uh, I love having you on the show. I would love to have you back on after your season two is completed. And then you we'll name talk a about. Absolutely. I, mean, I really appreciate your time for being here. And uh, I oh, feel you know a lot what? better. Next time, next time I'm on, we've got to do it because we didn't get to it. The crypto cord. No, you know what? Rewind the tape. What's going on with the crypto cord? So this is a this is a new piece of equipment that I've gotten that is probably more mainstream from Destination Fear. Okay, this is a crypto cord music box. It's a motion detection music box. Um, I had it custom designed by Crypto Cords. It's got my team name on it, completely custom design. That's amazing artwork, by the way. And I chose the music. So it takes about 30 seconds to calibrate. I'm just going to kind of hold it up here, let it do its thing. I hope it doesn't go off. I don't know if it'll go off while I'm moving it in my hand. I've never done it this way before. Interesting. Let's see. I wonder if I can put it in the field of view down here. I was moving the camera now to check out this box. Can you see it? I can see the box. All right. I'm going to sit very still. See how the music stops? Yes. As soon as I breathed and my stomach moved, it turned on. That's how sensitive this thing is. Can you... Can you set the, the levels of sensitivity on it, or is this just... Nope, it's um completely... Wow. It's a one solid part construction. It's got a 100 degree 80 view going this direction and this direction in front of the box, good for up to 30 feet. And for such a small device, the, the audio, the sound quality is amazing. 
Oh, it is. And the cool thing about crypto cords, and I'm not trying to sell their products, so don't get that twisted. I'm not doing an advertisement for them, guys. Diego or them are not paying me to do this. But they custom design your box, and they custom design your music. You tell them what song you want to put in it. And if it can be downloaded to an MP3 file, they'll put it in there. Wow. Amazing told, work. Go ahead. No, it's amazing work. Fine craftsmanship. Oh, yeah. And it's actual wood. It's not particle board. So that's a plus. It's a little bit uh, sturdy. But yeah, I chose that song because I feel like if I'm in a location that's completely silent and I hear that going off, that's probably going to be the last damn thing I want to hear. Yes. I feel Everybody like that's the <laughs> But yeah. yeah. But you but yeah, so that was just like a quick a quick review of the crypto cord. Maybe next time we're on, I can set it up across the room or something, and we'll kind of give it a little bit more valid test, and we can go a little bit more into the K2, the Gauss meters, and different kinds of devices that I use. Great. We'll go more in deep dive into the science of the of the devices. And uh I want people out there watching your podcast and vodcast. I want them to understand the science behind what we do. And you know, without that, we're still just a pseudoscience. It really doesn't matter. But evidence and what you can gather, that's what matters. Of course, evidence always matters, especially as it's right in front of you. And sometimes it is, and you just never know it. That, my friend, man, this has been, every time our conversations keep getting better and better, and I really appreciate you taking the time to be on the show and to kind of be my uh, my paranormal counselor of sorts and uh, helping me out through some of these things. My friend, Anytime you want me on, you just ask. It's like between us, a conversation for an hour seems to go by in 20 minutes. Oh, it, it's the fastest hour I've ever had on a show before. So I, and it's well, I enjoy I, talking to you, brother. I always do. I enjoy talking to you, and thank you for coming. I will look forward to having you back on after season two. We'll, Sounds like we'll a plan, review that. I'm, I'm hoping to have season two wrapped up maybe end of October. So we'll kind of be looking out for that range. You got it, man. We'll have, I'll book you down. I'll pencil you in for that. Sounds like a plan, brother. Awesome. This has been another excellent episode of Let's Find Out with co-host Diego. Please check us out on all our social media pages as well as the YouTube channel. And now we're also on Rumble. Thank you for taking this journey with me. Until next time, my friends. Have you always been curious about the unknown, the unexplainable? Do you find yourself intrigued by the mysterious and paranormal side of our world? Then Let's Find Out with co-host Diego is the podcast for you. Join in on an adventure into the world of the inexplicable and get insights from experienced researchers, investigators, and experts. Listen to mind-bending discussions and fascinating stories as Let's Find Out explores the strange, mysterious, and paranormal. Let's Find Out with co-host Diego is a unique and engaging podcast that uncovers the mysteries of the cryptic and unknown. With insightful interviews and discussions, they discover the very latest theories, discoveries, and investigations that may someday give us the final answer as to what may be behind the veil of reality. Available on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Pocket Casts, YouTube, iHeartRadio, Radio Public, TuneIn, and Rumble. Thank you for listening to Let's Find Out with co-host Diego. We're on Spotify, Google Podcasts, TuneIn, Pocket Casts, and on Anchor. For more information about Let's Find Out with co-host Diego, please visit us on facebook.com forward slash co-host Diego, on Twitter at co-host underscore Diego, and on Instagram as co-host Diego. Copyright co-host Diego. All content for Let's Find Out 
is the property of co-host Diego and is served directly from our servers with no modification, redirects, or rehosting. All celebrity impersonators are paid performers. The impersonated celebrities do not endorse or promote any views or opinions expressed by our guests, co-host Diego, or Let's Find Out. The information shared on Let's Find Out is provided on an as-is basis with no guarantees of completeness, accuracy, usefulness, or timeliness.